<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Bob. Bob. I have to get back to work. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, January 26, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 736 of the Biden-Harris administration, 649 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska is my handle, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. Our Patreon page is bobseskashow.com. And hey, look, the band's back together. Yes. It is the Goth Ninjas. Jody Hamilton is here. Jody from the uh, From the Bunker podcast, patreon.com slash from the bunker. Also, the Stephanie Miller Show every Tuesday, stephaniemiller.com. And David Ferguson, we call him T Rex. His computer seems to be fixed Hi. for now. <laughs> and his music project Recovered. is at Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcap.com. Yes, thanks to uh, Kathy Ann Dewar, one of our Patreon subscribers, for helping you out to uh, hopefully yes. get a, uh, a replacement machine. We've got it up and running. It's uh, held together with scotch tape and some barbed wire. Yeah. <laughs> Watch your hands. Yeah, no two Apple users. If your machine is in the middle of an update, no matter how bad you want to join your co-hosts on do the not, air, do not. you don't want to make them do. wait, do not try to bail out of an update. No. Your machine will go into a coma. It will freeze, and it will just look at you blankly like it has no idea who you are, and you'll have to call your brother, know. the IT guy, who will give you... Apple CPR over the phone. He's like, press these four keys. Hold the hold the star key down. Anything? All right, press these four keys. And it's oh, just like, and then like things flashed up on the screen in colors that I had never seen before. Like your hard drive is now turning to molten glass colors. Like I should say all nine of our listeners missed you last week, David. So glad you're yeah. back. Glad, glad everything is resolved. Thank you guys. But also, though, speaking yeah. of listeners, though, I also got a wonderful package from uh, William Reisland, or is it Reisland? Your friend that sent you all the Star Wars stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a foot-tall Japanese robot who is now the sentry over my computer who's guarding it from, like, <laughs> Did he, wait, did he send you a Shogun Warrior action figure? Yes, he did. Oh, my yes, God! It's amazing. Okay, see, now I'm officially jealous, because when <laughs> I was a kid, I so totally wanted one of those. They also had a Godzilla that went along with that toy line. And I was so obsessed yes. because they were gigantic 
action figures, the biggest action figures that they sold on the market. But because they were so large, they were a little bit pricey for my parents to pick up. So I, I never actually had a Shogun Warrior action figure. Thanks to my man, <laughs> William. He's been so generous to us. One of our uh, P1 listeners, for sure. Um, we're patiently waiting now for Fonnie Willis. And I'm assuming what's going to happen is there'll be an announcement uh, right after we're done recording today's show, as, uh, <laughs> as what always happens. But we've been doing this right. uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, now today. It's been one of those situations where we're like, any second now, like throughout my conversation with uh, Justin Rosario yesterday from The Banter, I was frantically refreshing, reloading Twitter, waiting for news to come down so we could cover it on the show. And we didn't get any news along those lines. In fact, I'm not even sure if that judge is releasing the grand jury report yet. I'm not sure if he's I made that decision. I think that they squashed it. They did? Mm -hmm. I believe so yesterday. I believe what I read was that they the the judge agreed with Fonnie Willis and said, mm -hmm. I don't want this out because it could compromise a potential prosecution. Interesting, because I thought... Prosecutions. <laughs> exactly, because yeah. that's what she's... When it came out and, and then she said, oh, no, I'm glad about this because uh, indictments are imminent. It looked like... During that initial hearing, it looked like the judge was going to side with the press representation for uh, the news media, which that's where the, bra the uh, lawsuit came from to release the grand jury report. That a final report produced by the special grand jury, blah, 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 will remain under wraps for now. Okay. Uh, said he was considering whether to release the report after hearing arguments from prosecutors who are to keep it secret. He said he would further reflect on the party's arguments and then would reach out with any questions before making a final decision. So basically, okay. See, that's what I thought. He hasn't decided yet. Okay. But he's planning on deciding probably next week. He's going to side with the press on this. But it's going to give Fonnie Willis enough time to make her indictment decisions based on the report. Because even if he makes a decision to allow the release of the grand jury report, they can still call for a stay on that decision, which yeah. will add more time. So the period of time in which Fonnie Willis can make an indictment decision will grow even longer. Speaking of growing even longer, we're all anticipating. <laughs> we're eagerly... <laughs> we're eagerly anticipating the decision. So it could come down literally at any second. Jody, do you have any predictions in terms of who's going to get indicted? Because we know there are going to be indictments. She was talking about in court. I mean, she's there on the record saying that there will be defendants and decisions are imminent along those lines. So right. who's it going to be, Jody? Well, I was listening to Dana Goldberg, who talks to uh, Allison Gill all the time yeah. on their show, The Daily Beans. Yep. And um, their thoughts are at the moment that it's going to be the fake electors Right. That they're going to go after first because okay. these people are just normal folks walking around daily and they don't have power other than that they're delegates for the Republican Party. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They have literally no power. Uh, <clears throat> so she thinks they're going to – also, that's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So it sounds they, like it's similar to January 6th, where they're going to yeah. go for the perpetrators first and not mm-hmm. the architects of all of this. I mean, that's, that would seem that's weird. That's usually how it works, too. I mean, okay. with any prosecution, you go with the people that are going to flip on other people. Well, so know? we should we should lower our expectations. There may not be yes. an indictment of Donald Trump. So Dana and Allison who are really good with this shit. I mean, not to put Dana down, but Allison Allison is is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Dana is extraordinarily smart and she knows a lot too, but Allison is really on top of these things. And she doesn't believe there's going to be an indictment of Donald Trump in this match? Not right now. Okay. Interesting. And so Joyce Vance also was on Ms. Miller's show this morning. Mm -hmm. And as she reads the Georgia statute... With what Donald did, yes, might just be a misdemeanor, which would suck. So they might also be looking into other things with the electors. You know, it, it could be like they're looking into other things that he might have done. Gotcha. That they got with this, what, 75 people they interviewed? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. They're not going to go after Donald initially because unless they're, they have a solid case against him and a felony case. I, Fonny's not a... She's not a withering little thing. Yeah, she's, she, yeah, she's not afraid of Donald Trump. <laughs> exactly. 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 Well, so what Joyce was saying, too, is that Fonnie Willis may be looking for a path that would lead to felony charges against Trump rather than just simple misdemeanor charges. So uh, on the edge of our seats, what about you, David? Do you think this is going to be a, an explosion or a gradual buildup? I said, I don't know shit about fuck on this one. I mean, I just... uh, (laughs) Some Georgia resident you are, huh? Yeah, I know. I have not actually uh, been returning Fonny's calls, unfortunately. Um, Super busy. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. I'm so tired of waiting. I'm so tired of charges being imminent. I'm so tired of, like, people deliberating. Yeah. I want to see that man in fucking prison. Mm -hmm. I want it... I mean, yesterday, I, I just, I keep looking at other countries like Germany, the way they ground, you know, their particular coup crowd got rounded up, sent to jail. Yeah. No questions asked because they have experience with this shit. And I have a similar feeling about Andrew Tate's prosecution in Romania. They're going to be like, yeah, no. Yeah. We're, we're not into your thing, dude. Uh, you can't bake this your haven to come and do shit that you couldn't get away with in the West. Now, putting that aside... Talking about fairness and justice, you're not getting it with Facebook and Instagram, the meta family of websites, because they have now announced that within about two weeks, Donald Trump's accounts will be restored on both those sites. And... (laughs) This is one of those situations where Facebook is showing its true colors, where it's showing its true loyalties here and being deliberately dumb about the effect of Donald Trump, the impact of Donald Trump. Because here's the thing. They're uh, waiting a couple of weeks because they want to implement some back-end programming that will create strictures to make sure Donald Trump doesn't incite another insurrection, another invasion and occupation of Congress. However, it's not just Donald Trump saying, yes, march with me down to the Capitol and we're going to show that we're going to fight like hell or whatever it is he, he right. said on January 6th. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just um, that that's the problem. 
it's his ongoing presence on the political yes. stage that is the problem. Everything yep. that he writes, whether he's saying we're going to go down there and fight or whether he's just spouting off with all caps, troths on troth central? Troth, troth, troth central. central. <laughs> Irrespective of what that is. He's still destabilizing democracy. He's yeah. still radicalizing feeble-minded American voters to follow him, to vote for him, to support him, to reflect his attitude, to uh, dismantle institutions. These are all things that are happening. And I don't think Facebook or Instagram is able to contain that. I mean, how right. the hell would it? The only way to contain Donald Trump is to not allow him to play. He had a mm -hmm. chance to play with normal people, with the normal kids, and he squandered that chance. He abused that chance. He exploited those platforms. Russia exploited those platforms to elevate Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. You lose your privileges as far as I'm concerned. And then you mix in to the equation the fact that people like Kimberly Johnson and Frank Conniff have been summarily banned from Facebook, for example, where Facebook pages they were cultivating day after day, hours and hours and hours and years and years and years worth of work managing several Facebook pages. And then overnight, a Thanos snap and they're disappeared forever. Yep. Certainly they could sign up again, but those platforms that they had spent all that time creating were just deleted willy-nilly because yep. of... <laughs> minor terms of service, alleged terms of service violations. In Kimberly's case, they accused her of spamming. And you know what spamming in that situation was composed of? Kimberly posting an article on her own profile page and then posting the same article on a couple of other pages that she was adminning. Right. That's it. Donald Trump incited an insurrection, destabilized democracy, orchestrated a coup. And yet, two years later, he's allowed back on these platforms. My view is, is if he has, if he's allowed back on, then he loses everybody that followed him. He's going to have to go get him again. Yeah, I mean, at least do that. But from don't, don't just reinstate the dead page. Right. Um, just okay. You're you're welcome back. Just you have to resign, and 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 you're back. That to me, at least. Then he doesn't have the 80 million followers on Twitter that Twitter so desperately wants back because then advertising dollars will get better. Right. Same with the Facebook folks. And it's like, no, if you want him back on, he has to re-sign up. And that's the uh, gist I get from Axios's reporting and this guy Nick Clegg, who's the company's president of global affairs, is that this is a, a reinstituting of those accounts, not just, okay, you can go back on and start from scratch again. See, that's what's fucked up. Yeah, it is what's fucked up. And that's exactly what Elon yeah. Musk did what, on Clegg Twitter. is what? Clegg, Clegg is, is like the former deputy UK prime minister. Who was he deputy to? Was he deputy to Boris? That's a really good question. I hadn't seen that name before. I mean, it looks vaguely familiar. Maybe you can look that up. He was the deputy prime minister of the UK. I know that. Interesting. I and can't now, remember which prime minister. Now he works for Meta? That's weird. Yeah. We've always believed that Americans should be able to hear from the people who want to lead the country, Clegg told Axios. We don't want to stand in the way of that. Yeah. Do you really want to attach your name, Nick Clegg, and the name of your company, which is Meta, subsequently Facebook, Instagram? Do you really want to attach those things to a guy who is actively destabilizing democracy, who, if he had a chance, if he had his druthers, if his 
vision for America came to fruition, that he would probably arrest people like Nick Clegg and yeah. Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk for being mean to him. The Republicans still hate social media. Make no mistake. I mean, Steven Crowder has spent the last couple of weeks screaming about big tech. In fact, the entire Red Hat Entertainment Complex has been screaming about uh, big tech for years now. It's the same with the ACLU. The ACLU issued a statement about this uh, in support of Meta's decision. It's the weirdest fucking thing. The ACLU said, this is the right call. Like it or not, President Trump is one of the country's leading political figures, and the public has a strong interest in hearing his speech. Uh-huh, sure, but you know what's going to happen? If Donald Trump's plan comes to full fruition, then eventually, as he starts to round up dissidents, I assure you he's going to go after members of the ACLU. <laughs> you know, so what you're doing is, is that, okay, yeah, this is yeah. fine for him to do this thing, to be reinstated, even if he comes after us as a consequence of that, rebuilding this audience or continuing to build the audience, however they end up uh, handling his accounts. I mean, the fact of the matter is that people like whoever runs the ACLU, they're on that list. They're on that list of possible, you know, black bags and arrests. Yeah. So, and I know people say, Bob, stop talking about black bagging people. God, how far is it outside the realm of possibility? Did we not remember what happened two years ago during that yeah. ridiculous, awful, horrendous uh, four years that culminated in, in a violent invasion and occupation of Congress? If I had said that Donald Trump's actions are going to lead to an invasion of Congress and an attempted coup, but the same people complaining about me talking about black bags would say, Bob, stop talking about an insurrection. It's never going to happen. Now, it's funny, um, there's a video going around, uh, and I shared it, I think, on Facebook. It's a video of Frank Zappa from the 1980s, and he was on uh, Crossfire or something like that, and he was talking about how fascist theocracy is rising in America. And all the moderators were like, ha, 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 come on, Frank, Mr. Zappa, that is insane. Yeah. Fascism here? Are you kidding? No way. Seconds later, here comes Donald Trump. You know what I mean? <sighs> so there it is. Mara Gay from the New York Times was on uh, Morning Joe this morning, and uh, she just completely obliterated this decision uh, by Meta. She said, whether you're a company or an institution, you don't want to hand over the keys of democracy to have someone destroy that democracy. Isn't that what I've kind of been saying all this time, that democracy yep. can be used to destroy democracy? So do you want to be that institution that really helps take down the country? Gay argued that even though Meta is a business and not a public institution, they should still be forced to reckon with the moral question of letting Trump back on social media. If this was years ago, well, Gay that's argued... That's the thing, is they see themselves as these neutral non-arbiters. Yeah. That we're just providing a platform. We don't have to get involved with the content. No. And it's like, well, you can't really no. function like that. Yeah, no. It doesn't work that way. You know, they know that Donald Trump brings revenue. Donald Trump brings traffic, which brings ad clicks, which brings revenue for Meta. That's what it comes down to. It's the same with Elon Musk. In fact, Elon Musk was much more transparent about his justifications. Like, oh yeah, well, I reinstate Donald Trump, which he did. Then all kinds of people are going to start, you know, engaging with Donald Trump again. And that's going to increase impressions on uh, advertisements on Twitter. And that's going to mean more money for Elon mm -hmm. Musk.
at least he kind of said it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not defending Elon yeah. Musk by any stretch, but that's that's the thing. So anyway. Uh, I just feel like the tech industry, like, I don't know, it reminds me, I was going to say that I went to visit a friend of mine in New York, and he was living in this, like, fairly modern kind of new building. And there was a place in the lobby where you could walk out, and there were, like, you know, it was like a convenience store, but there was no cashier. And he's like, oh, you just, there's an app. Mm-hmm. And you like pointed at what you want and it charges it to your account. And I was like, well, that's cool. And then I'm walking away and I'm like, so they found a way to make a vending machine that charges you $3 for a pack of Saks chips. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's a vending machine in the lobby, but it's like fancy because there's no human we have to pay or, you know, like it's just, right. I don't know. It's like you've overcomplicated this thing to make it go through the app and the smartphone <laughs> when all you really needed to do was put some money in a slot and get your chips. And now you've paid. Two dollars too much for him, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Mara Gay went on to say, if this was years ago, we would ask moral questions. Do we want a chemical company? As a chemical company, should we be supporting weapons of war? I mean, these are questions that are not new in American history, but we should be asking them. Meta may not have the same responsibility as a business. It has a responsibility to its shareholders, fine, but we can still ask those moral questions, and we should. You know, and I think that's an interesting way to look at just the very presence of Donald Trump. Because, again, we're not just talking about someone who is ordering his supporters, his fanboys, his cult disciples to go out and do things. It's his overall persona. It's his style. It's his ongoing attempt to radicalize his supporters. He doesn't need to say, get your AR-15 and take it to this location and start shooting people. He doesn't need to say that. But what he needs to say is, hey, you know these kind of people that you would also see in your local neighborhood at a strip mall or something like that? Uh, They're the enemy of the people. And something has to be done, all caps, you know, some sort of misspelled screed. And then suddenly people get, oh, I see what he's doing. I see what he's asking us to do. Where's that AR-15? Where's the extended magazine? Okay, here we go. And that's all that needs to happen, (laughs) you know? And how does an algorithm sort that out? It doesn't. It doesn't. And I feel like people are, we're treating the internet, like the the ideological environment, like we used to treat the actual environment back Mm -hmm. in the 1950s. And we're like, God, what are we going to do with all this spent uranium? Let's dump it in the (laughs) national parks, you know? (laughs) Why not? Uh, Uh, And I think that eventually we're going to come to realize that the environment that we've created online has as much effect on our like mental and physical health as the environment we create in the world around us. Mm-hmm. We've treated the internet and this sort of like collective internet unconscious as this great unspoiled wilderness for us to colonize and exploit. Mm-hmm. And it, it's all, you know, once again, there's, you know, none of this is happening in a vacuum. Yeah. It has consequences. Right. It has ideological consequences. It has economic consequences. It has, like, personal and spiritual consequences. And I just... Yeah. And I think Russia's figured this out. Mm-hmm. Russia has figured out that if you, like, poison the well of the Internet, you know, in terms of, like, putting enough bad ideas into circulation yeah. and hyping them, then you can shut down the whole discussion or at least consign the rational actors to a tiny corner mm-hmm. while, every, you know, the fucking lunatics take over the asylum. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about by way of – Donald Trump's overall style, and I think we're well familiar with that, but I'm looking for 
Yeah. Um, one of the things he's been screaming about is uh, obviously uh, Jack Smith. And he's also been screaming about, for that matter, Fonnie Willis. Never once does he say, hey, you know what? Go to Fonnie Willis's house and blow it up. Get some C4, pack it in a van, and take it down to Fonnie Willis's house. He's not saying that. No. What he's saying is... Doesn't have to. Yeah. She's racist. She's an enemy of the people. She's an enemy of democracy, which is immensely ironic. Oh, here it is. I got it. Here's a list of words that Trump has used to uh, describe Jack Smith. Radical left, hater, lunatic, (laughs) evil, angry, Marxist, communist, corrupt, disgusting, sick, thug, flame-throwing lunatic, tyrant, crooked, criminal, mentally deranged, unfit, unfair, savage, disgraceful, and crazy. Wow. Without any actual orders to his people. It's just like, he sounds like a five-year-old, you know, and no backsies, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) Yeah, no takesies, backsies. I hit you, you can't hit me back. I mean. (laughs) Right. God. But that, see, that's the danger. That's the thing that he will continue to do on Facebook as soon as he returns. It'll happen on Instagram as well. But I don't think he's allowed to go on any other social media while he has Truth Social. That's the other thing that I'm wondering oh. about. But are those sites competitors of, of Twitter or competitors of Truth tro- tro- Central? Tro- I would imagine. Central. I, I believe social media was the term that he agreed to. So. Okay. That's what we've heard. Yeah. Well, he said here uh, on Troth Central, something, blah, blah, blah. He said, uh, Facebook, in all caps, which has lost billions of dollars in value since deplatforming your favorite president, me, has just announced that they are reinstating my account. Such a thing should never again happen to a sitting president or anybody else who is not deserving of retribution. Thank you to Truth Social. Oh, that's the name of the plot. I had no idea that was what it was called. For all this time, I'm thinking it's Truth Central. Uh, so thank you to Truth Social. I'll never get used to that. For doing such an incredible job, your growth is outstanding and future unlimited. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. But I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But what he's doing. Good luck, Devin. <laughs> he has, exactly. He has just been gifted by Meta and Mark Zuckerberg and Nick Clegg. He has just been given his old account back. And his first reaction is to insult the platform that did that favor for him. So right out of the shoot, here's your platform back, uh, Donald Trump. And then he goes, yes, it's lost billions of dollars. They're reinstating my account, but such a thing should never again happen to a sitting president. And you know, that's the most damaging part of this trope. Such a thing should never again happen to a sitting president, which means to me, if I'm a radical red hat, if I'm an extremist with an itchy trigger finger, I'm thinking, yeah, fuck Facebook for doing this. Let's go down to that headquarters and see what's going on. Where's my AR-15? AR Come on over yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And so that's the kind of thing. Does the Facebook, does this new Facebook algorithm sort that out? I, I don't think so. I don't think it would detect that sort of thing. What is it here? They're talking about um, a crisis policy protocol. 
introduced by Meta back in August that will consider both on and off-platform risks of imminent harm to evaluating whether the actions or speech of any public <sighs> figures requires sanctioning. Yes, but you know what happens? This shit gets trothed or tweeted or posted on Facebook, and then it makes its way around the globe several times before it gets taken down. And then it's immortalized. The people who need to hear that message get the message, and then they take it down. Too little, too late. It's like Donald Trump going on. Basically, it's a Snapchat message. Yeah, yeah exactly right. It was like <laughs> on January 6th when after, what, three hours of an invasion of Congress, after like three hours, Donald Trump finally appears on video. He goes, okay. Maybe it's time to go home, but I love you. I love you so much. I love you. You're very special. Now get back in your car seat, and maybe your ex-wife will give you visitation rights. Go home. (laughs) Come on up to the White House. I give you all knowing back massages. And pardons. (laughs) Yeah. And cold McDonald's. (laughs) Right, but too little too late is the point. They're already there. The guy's already walking around with the podium, the crazy shaman guys are the, on the floor of the house chamber. It's, it's way too late. Yep. Yeah, your little video message, congratulations, you ticked off that box, but it's way too late for it. Okay, so lots more to talk about. We got to talk about uh, the Trump-Russia investigation reemerging here, or it has to reemerge as far <sighs> as I'm concerned. Based on this uh, this McGonagall story, Charles McGonagall is his former FBI uh, agent in charge of uh, counterintelligence in the New York field office. A few more observations but on that front. Working for Oleg Deripaska. Yeah. Imagine it, that. <laughs> I know. Shocking. The guy who's in charge of the Trump-Russia investigation is uh, in league with Oleg Deripaska. Uh, sh- yeah. No, an employee. Uh-huh. Like, on the payroll. On the payroll. Exactly. Mean. Exactly fucking right. So we got to talk about that, mainly because ever since this story was reported, it's been crickets chirping from the traditional press. Not a word mm-hmm. when it comes to any sort of follow-up reporting on this story. And uh, got to talk about GDP growth exceeding expectations. Oh, how Trump could lose everything thanks to Letitia James. Definitely want to talk about that. Plus, Republicans are proposing more than 150 anti-trans laws across this great land of ours. Oh, for fuck's Land of sake. liberty and freedom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, indeed. So, all that more coming up here in just one second. But first, the Patreon app. Are you familiar with the Patreon app? It's a great app because you know what happens? It's for your smartphone. And it's the best way to stay up to date with new episodes of The Bob Seska Show. So every time there's a new episode, you're going to get an automatic alert on your phone, notifications for the free shows on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, notifications for the Friday after party, plus the shadow dockets as well. You can listen at home or in the car with just a couple of swipes. It's a free app. And you can join our community of listeners in the comments under each episode. All you got to do is subscribe to our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. Then you download that app from the App Store onto your phone, and you're all set. Again, that's bobseskashow.com, and we thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Jaffe. It's a song called Island of Lost Souls. It's from his brand new album, White Roses in the Snow. I love this one. I welcome the waves of diversion. I savor the sand so in my eyes. Was that David? Absolutely. I totally see like Spaghetti Western showdown, uh, you know, high noon. Yeah. Yep. Ghost town, middle of the street. Like, yeah. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds a little like what you're saying. Like a Sergio Leone movie. But it's also, it also sounds like a, a Bowie song. Like, I could totally see Bowie doing this song. There's a little more here. I just love Matt Jaffe's voice. Can't get enough. BobSeska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. Thank you for doing that. Make sure to download the new album from Matt Jaffe. You won't be disappointed. Every damn song on this album is a uh, is a huge goddamn hit. Okay. And he can quote me on that. Every song on this album is a huge goddamn hit. Bob Seska, the Bob Seska Show. All right. So first of all, I got a super secret preview of the new platform that has the best shot at replacing Twitter. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not a paid spokesperson, nothing like that. But watch for Spoutable. That's Christopher Boozy's new platform that's taking on Twitter. Unlike uh, Counter Social, unlike Mastodon, unlike Post, this is the real deal. I got a preview of the site. In fact, I was able to start my own account over there, thanks to Christopher Boozy. Uh, who is, by the way, going to be on this show on February 8th, Wednesday, February 8th. So, yes, I can't wait to talk to Christopher. And um, this new platform that he started, Spoutable, uh, I hate to use that overused cliche, but it checks all the boxes. Like, he's doing everything exactly right. And one of the ways he's doing that is with every decision, he's surveying people, he's surveying actual potential users about, you know, whether mm. he should go this way or that way with certain decisions, whether... Have an edit button? Um, yes, there is an edit button. Also... Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Thank you, Christopher Boozy, I'm in. I just, I just tried to sign up, so... Okay. Well, once uh, someone gets banned from Spoutable, they will not be able to use their other accounts on Spoutable. Uh, 
So, for example, if, uh, mm. let's say, James O'Keefe suddenly shows up on Spoutable and gets summarily banned from Spoutable, which he probably will, then he can't go and mm-hmm. pick up some other sock puppet account and keep doing that. He'll be permanently banned. So you can't do like a temporary account sort of thing. I think the real point here is to make sure that bad actors, villains, aren't able to uh, take advantage of the system that way. But that was one of the things that Christopher Boozy presented to his potential users. Like, okay, would you like to do this or do you want to do this? Let me know and I'll make a decision based on that. In fact, he crowdsourced the name of the site. He crowdsourced the logo. He's crowdsourced every feature on the site so that when you go there, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, that's great. Oh, this other, oh my God, that's, oh, that's cool. What a great idea. And so unlike those other uh, attempts to rival Twitter or to replace Twitter, Spoutables got its shit together. Uh, it has the potential to be the one, as I've been saying. This is, Kimberly and I have been talking about this a lot. It feels like, it's a weird way to say it, but it feels familiar. It feels comfortable. It feels like Twitter to an extent, but without all the bullshit. And that's the key. It's like Twitter, but without all the fuckery. And by the way, Christopher Boozy can use that as a selling point if he wants to. Use that as without a all the fuckery. Twitter by without Bob Seska. <laughs> yeah, Twitter without all the fuckery. Spoutable. So we're here to help. We're here to uh, protect and serve. <laughs> and I believe Spoutable will be launching next week. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Oh wow! Next week. Nice. So get ready. Uh, and have a lot to say. Okay. Moving on here, uh, about a dozen classified documents were found at Mike Pence's Indiana home. Fortunately, we were able to report on this story. Like Joe Biden, Pence turned them over to the FBI. And while Pence has repeatedly said he didn't have classified documents in his possession, his representative to the National Archives said a small number of documents with classified markings were inadvertently boxed and transported to Pence's home at the end of the Trump administration. Of course they were. Yeah. Which is similar to what happened to Joe Biden. So as far as I'm concerned, this completely negates any issue with Joe Biden. It's like... It's a wash. Yeah, Pence and Biden cancel each other out when it comes to this. FBI... You guys have checked your own homes for classified documents (laughs) at this point. So far, I have none. Hang on a second. Uh, Yeah, I've been going through my own documents. Hang on, wait a minute. I I got the documents right here. Uh, This here, I got a printout from Infowars.com, and it says top secret. So I don't know who the hell uploaded it to Infowars.com. Probably Jewish space lasers inserted it into my bandwidth. Yeah, I got top secret information here claiming that they're turning the friggin' frogs gay. We ever have that remix handy, do we? The the, the Alex Jones. Oh, I'll find it. Yes, uh, I'll find it. Cover me. <laughs> okay. Um Jody. Yes. You got out of jury duty. I um, did. Did you uh <laughs> I'm you, not gonna say how. Or? I've just been doing what I'm supposed to here in the Los Angeles County area where basically they send you a, a summons. I get them every two to three years, but mm-hmm. once a year is how they're s- a- allowed to do it. If you get a summons within the year, then you can ignore it. Or you just go, hey, you guys s- said sent it to me 11 months ago, whatever, regardless. Um, so I, our jury summons in Los Angeles County is about, you have to call in or log in on their internet site for five days in a row mm. and they will call you in potentially. 
And once they call you in, you serve at least one day. And once you serve the one day, whether you're seated or not, then you're excused for the year, which is different from what it used to be. They would send you a summons and then you'd send them a, an excuse as to not be able to do it. Well, the, the first time that I was actually voidered was in a domestic violence case. And it was the first oh, no. time like I was, mm. you know, literally voidered by uh, the lawyers because I've been questioned by a judge once before, but not by the lawyers. <laughs> so I literally, juror 26, hi. And I sit down and the prosecutor asks, have you or anyone you know ever been a victim of domestic violence? And I said, yes, my best friend since I was five years old had her nose broken twice by her boyfriend. And the defense <sighs> went, Thank you. We excuse juror number 26. It was that fast. By the way, uh, I have breaking news. Here it is. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> 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 turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> 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 frogs freaking frogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. I'm going to say it real slow for you. Kind of gives me a headache. I would dance to this at the club. I know. God, that's that needs to be my new ringtone. I know. There's also that. I have that. <laughs> what were we talking about? We talking about jury duty. We're talking about Mike Pence. <laughs> By the way, I have comment from Mike Pence about these uh, classified documents found at his house. Do you want to hear Mike Pence's comment? <laughs> Here's what Mike Pence had yeah. to say. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not my phone on vibrate. That's really Mike Pence. He just he just happens to sound like a phone on vibrate. Yeah, it sounds very similar to Mike Pence. In fact, let's see here. Let, let me try this again. Let me try it again. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Here we go. Okay, see, sounds about the same. See, fun with sound effects. All right, so Judy. Hey, can I, I want to do something really quick. Yes, yes. I want to plug my friend's GoFundMe because he has abdominal cancer and stomach oh, cancer. Yes. And it's, oh, my God. Yeah. Holy okay, shit. So nightmare scenario. Yeah. Right? You break up with your husband after 12 years together. It's your first single Christmas, and you start vomiting blood. And you oh, go to the oh, ER. No. And they're oh, like, you have stage two stomach and abdominal cancer. How old is he? Significant. He's not even 36 yet. Oh. He's young. Wow. Holy so, shit. Um, we will p post a link along with the show. Uh, yeah. And I'm, you know, it's, you go to my Twitter, it's my posted tweet at Compromat Band. Uh, but it just, it's heartbreaking. You yeah. know, it's like starting out, you know, trying to restart after 12 years of marriage and you're just like in your, you know, new apartment, barely holding things together. And, oh, hello, you have cancer. So he's trying to raise uh, $5,000. His copay for the... Radiation treatments is uh, three thousand three hundred and fifty. Just copay, Jesus fucking Christ. Mm. Yeah, 
Um, and then uh, just there's like, you know, 1600 or so for all the every appointment has a fee, mm-hmm. you know, that you have to pay in addition to paying for the chemo and uh, medications and all that stuff. But I'm, you know, if it was me, I'd be like, I need a hundred thousand million dollars, you know, but he's mm-hmm. just asking for 5K. And I think that please, if you can help. Um, this is a really close friend of mine. Treat yeah, yeah. it like you would treat me. Because he's, he's, you know, not everybody has our reach. Mm-hmm. Like if I got yeah. into trouble or if one of you guys got into trouble and really desperately needed it, people would kick in and help us out because we are beloved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, all nine listeners love us. Happen- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, though, I mean, I keep seeing messages from people, and we mean a lot to them. People are really like gl- – I mean – You know, as much as we, like, just kind of, it's just us talking to each other and having Uh fun, like, this really is a lifeline to some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, definitely send me the link. Yeah, send me the link for the GoFundMe. I'll put it in the description. Uh, BobSeska.com. Look for the episode. Yeah, the episode dated 126.23. And then uh, click on that link on the front page. It'll take you to the main page for this episode. Scroll on down. It'll be right there in the description. That's how you find it. So, and what, what stage was it? Did you say what, what stage Stage did you say? Stage two. It can, it can happen. He can get better. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He can get better, but he can also, yeah. Yeah. Um, It can get better. Trust me. I mean, so many people in my family, cancer. In fact, my sister Judy right now is in hospice. So. Oh my God, Jody. Sorry. Holy shit. What the fuck? I'm so sorry. That's horrible. I feel more for her daughter, who is a rock star in this. Yeah. Um, she's taking care of everything. My brother drove down to San Diego today to see her. She's just she's moving into hospice next week, I believe. Wow. Um, uh, oh, that's awful. And she had lung cancer. She had uh, two thirds of her lung, one of her lungs removed. Yeah. And then they found a, a tumor in her brain. So. <sighs> And, they and think it's, it's inoperable. They think it's, it's related. Inoperable. It's a metastasis. They don't from know. They couldn't find. They couldn't find the primary cancer. Wow. Um, so now they're thinking it's actual brain cancer. And um, I'm sorry to bring everybody down. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. I mean, sometimes this happens. But um, so Judy is my dad's your dad's uh, daughter from a previous third marriage? daughter. Okay. All right. From before yeah. he was married to your mom or after? Yes, okay. before. Okay. Um, and uh, she's in her late 60s. And um, we're going to have a celebration of her life while she's here. Yeah. On the anniversary of our brother Joe's death and Chez's death on February 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we're, we're all going to go down to San Diego and... You know, go see her because she's not. I mean, I saw her on Thanksgiving on a Zoom call with my sister Nancy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nancy and I were together with her children, and so we just talked to her via Zoom with her daughter and um, her son, who lives in Washington. Oh no, he moved to Idaho. I forget where he lives. Anyway, um, uh, so I mean, I t- we, she goes, "Hi, Jody." You know, she, you know, it's the brain tumor is affecting a lot. Unfortunately, um, God, your right. family, Jody, is just plagued with this. I, I, it's I don't even know how to describe something like that. It just seems like it's a it's a dark cloud that lingers over the Burnett's Hamiltons. Well, I mean, uh, Carrie and Judy and Dana lung cancer. Uh, Joey and Jeff were hepatitis related. Okay. Um, neither one of them had 
lung cancer, but you know, Judy, my dad smoked. I mean, my dad, Carrie, uh, Dana and, and now Judy, mm-hmm. um, we're all related to smoking. Ugh. Well, and you know, now Fox news is telling people it's, to uh, smoke promoting up. it. Yeah. You know what? And their listeners, if they're that stupid, mm-hmm. thinning the fucking herd. Yeah. Please. I know it's evil for me to say Let's that. Let's go I Darwin. <laughs> I mean, it's awful for me. I am, I'm a horrible person for thinking that. But if you're that fucking dumb, go, yeah, let's smoke. You know, don't even smoke pot because that's bad for your lungs. Trust me. Eat it. You know, there are ways to ingest THC if you like it or CBD. And Tucker Carlson literally saying, what's wrong with nicotine? Nothing is wrong with nicotine. First off, it's super addictive, yes. by the by. Yes. More addictive than heroin. And secondly, nicotine in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's how we ingest it. The so he's saying system. all the delivery methods. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So if you need nicotine really badly, then do a patch, eat some gum, whatever. I don't care. Just don't smoke it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I think as long as you're addicted to nicotine, there's a very, very high chance you're going to land on cigarettes. It's exactly eventually. how it works. Yeah, eventually. I mean, you may be saying, okay, well, look, I'm safe because I'm just doing, using the vape thing. And, uh, uh, no, just, vapes is still, oh, in, no. in, it's still inhaling. Vapes are very dangerous, more dangerous than cigarettes. Well, well uh, I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't have the, the tar and the other additives that yeah, cigarettes you have. Don't know what I they're mean, putting in there. Well, yeah, you're, well, you know, you're exactly <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is people are thinking that. And that was yeah. the argument that Tucker Carlson was making. It's like, oh, well, you, you know, you don't want to smoke cigarettes, but this other thing doesn't cause cancer, so you can go that way. But the problem is every delivery system, as David was saying, every delivery system for nicotine has potential carcinogenic effects. I mean, yeah. this is something that has been well studied. And mm-hmm. suddenly now someone is paying Tucker Carlson to say, hey, don't worry about it. Smoke yeah. up. Or Nicotine whatever. is like vitamin C for your brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fuck you, Tucker yeah. Carlson. Exactly. He literally said that what THC, I don't know, what did he say? He goes like, because they like THC because it, it does something, but nicotine your opens mind. your mind. And it's like, yeah. nicotine doesn't. It just makes you poop no, in the Tucker, morning. <laughs> that's the wrong kind of smoke. That's true, yes. Nicotine will make the you poop in the morning. Opens your mind. <laughs> Right, it absolutely will make you poop in the morning. Nicotine your first just opens cig- your bowels. Mm. Exactly, it does. Like after that first cigarette, I remember every morning after that first cigarette, I was like, "Ooh, I got to poop." Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know that feeling well. <laughs> and been there many times myself. Exactly. I, I quit you know? in 2007, but I think the reason I was able to quit cold turkey in 2007 is because I just stopped. I didn't move, like I didn't jump to the patches or the gum or vaping or anything like that, which would have sort of carried me along on a road back around to cigarettes. I eventually would have gotten, why, why am no. I bothered? Why don't I if just you buy do a the pack patches? Of cigarettes? Right? Yeah. I mean, I you know I, the first couple of times I tried with the patches, it didn't work because I was trying to write my own method. You know, I yeah, was like, Dr. Yeah. David, <laughs> I'm going to design this because I'm smart. Uh-huh. And no, if you do it like you're supposed to, you let it step you down mm-hmm. over the course of several weeks. Yeah. It's easier to quit with patches. It was for me because at the time I tried to me. quit cold, cold turkey, when I tried to quit cold turkey, I was evil. 
I mean, oh, I was too. I, like, I mean, it was hor- very it was horrendous. lucky I didn't end up in prison because yeah. I, I was literally homicidal. I was just, nuts. I was, yeah, I wasn't homicidal, but I could feel it. I, I was going nuts. I was having the withdrawal symptoms, all the usual shit. But I think what I wanted to do was make sure that I was not only off cigarettes, but that I was off nicotine in general. Like I didn't want to mm. retain the addiction to nicotine while eliminating cigarettes from that equation. I wanted to be done with all of it. It's like, I wanted that fucking monkey off my shoulder. And the only way to do that is to just cut myself off instead of lingering on and on with that continued addiction to nicotine. Does that make sense? And I think ultimately that it, it, that's it, what works for me. really making me want a cigarette actually. <laughs> now I want to smoke. No, I mean, my first quit was cold turkey and I was fine for almost a year. And oh, then yeah? I wasn't. And it was my fourth quit that worked and I used um, uh, what they call it Chantix now, I think. I used that, and that did it. Okay. Um, also, because my doctor was threatening to take me off the pill once I turned thirty-five oh, if I was still that. smoking. Oh no, my cousin Janice. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, who also had cancer. Anyway, she said, "Wait, your gynecologist is going to cut you off of your hormone birth control because you're smoking if you're still thirty-five." And I said. Well, that's why I'm quitting smoking. She goes, I switched doctors. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I did not I'm switch doctors. Doctor Dr. Lowenstein. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did not switch doctors because she was right. Because at 35, for some reason, women that are smoking the risk on hormones, the cancer risk goes up like by 80. I see. Okay. So, and it's a hormone reason, obviously. Yeah. And so she goes, if you're not done smoking. On your 35th birthday, you no get no more stuff. The key, I think, for me was replacing the addiction with a couple of other things. And the two other things I replaced the addiction with were uh, uh, chocolate. (laughs) I discovered that somehow chocolate stimulated that same cortex in my brain. Yes, it does. It scratches that same itch. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like a miracle. Uh, But then Mm -hmm. I was just like eating a ton of chocolate. However, at the same time, I had just started road cycling. I just started bike riding. And all of that drive that you have, that motor inside your addiction that says, get me another cigarette. I channeled that into bike riding and I rode my bike like a fucking maniac. (laughs) But it helped. It did it. It replaced that addiction and gave me something to strive towards. So yes, my lungs are clearing out and helping me become a better bike rider. And then that became the mission. So I think in that regard, I kind of stumbled into, locked into a solution for all of that. And I'm so glad I did. And I always, I have to credit Neil Peart from Rush for convincing me to quit cigarettes. And it's not like Neil Peart, I don't know Neil Peart, but I read one of his books. He had throat cancer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he had, uh, he had brain cancer, he had glioblastoma, but but that was later on. He wrote a, a bunch of books, travel logs, and his first book was a travel log of his bicycle tours of West Africa. And that kind of inspired me to want to start bike riding, which then inspired me to quit smoking. So that's how I kind of credit Neil Peart from Rush with helping me to quit smoking. And uh, yeah, and and so that was kind of my story with all of that. Um, It's almost impossible to do. I mean, I can totally understand. We still love you. (laughs) 
We're not judging you. Yeah, I know. No, 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 no. no, no. I still have friends who smoke. These conversations for people who are still smoking are excruciating. Oh, I know. But but it's not. We're not. We're not. All I need is sunlight and B12 and exercise, and I'll be fine. I miss it. We're not condemning. I miss smoking. I wish I could smoke. I miss it. Yeah, yeah. I do. I know. But we're not, we're not condemning anyone who continues to smoke I because know. I can totally relate. This is about an addiction. I mean, you may think, oh, well, I enjoy it too. But the enjoyment, the sense of enjoyment is part of the addiction. There's exactly. like a little voice in your head that rationalizes every fucking cigarette. And I completely understand what that's all totally. about. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And uh, but like I said, heroin is easier to quit than fucking cigarettes, yes. kids. So yes. just yeah, well, know that. People are exactly standing around outside the bar, tying off and shooting up in front of you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, they are. They're standing outside really, the bar really, like, smoking. They're tying off in their... Yeah. It's the same thing, mm-hmm. only harder to quit. It's much harder. Yeah, well, it's less expensive and easier to yeah. gain access to nicotine yeah. than it is to gain access to well, heroin. I mean, literally, heroin is like a three days, you're done. Mm-hmm. It's not like crystal meth, which is a whole different problem. Oh, that, yeah, crystal yeah. meth is more like nicotine than anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but but heroin, once you're 72 hours out, technically your body doesn't need it anymore. It's a hard way to get off of it, but technically mm. your do- body doesn't need it anymore. Whereas with smoking, your body's like, gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> For a good three, four weeks. Oh, yeah, and if I had still been smoking, if I were still... 30 years. <laughs> if I were still smoking cigarettes, I'd never be able to do the Alex Jones voice. Uh, I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> that would be impossible when I was a smoker. It would be like, turn the freaking frogs... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that impression's done. Um, I, I'd never be able to do it. All right, you we know what? about the AP, uh, AP Black Studies thing in Florida, which I find infuriating. Yeah, let's take a short break. Ron DeSantis. Yeah, let's reset. We'll come back. We'll talk about that. I also got to get into okay. uh, GDP growth. Uh, oh, my yeah. God, Charles McGonigal. Uh, this uh, Daily Beast piece on how Trump oh, could lose yeah. everything. Holy shit, we've got more show to come right after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's that, David? I said, this is already delicious. I love it. Who is this? Oh, this is a great Megan McDuffie. Oh, 
been playing her since, uh, yeah, since we started playing any music here on the show. Megan McDuffie has been one of the go-tos, one of the standbys. There's great effing music here. Not sure why I said effing, but, you know. This is a song called You're Not Alone. Link in the description to get this song into your collection today. Yeah. All right, uh, bobsuska.com slash music to submit. God, you know, we haven't even talked about Mad Schlapp and the freaking allegations about the... Oh, we did talk. We talked about Mad Schlapp. Well, you weren't here last week. We talked about Mad Schlapp last week. I even oh, had a, yeah. yeah. I even had a special uh, uh, Schlapp sound that I had he lined did. up. Yeah, let me see. <laughs> Do I have the uh, object? Yeah, here it is. I think The Mad Schlapp? Yeah, this is the Mad Schlapp. Ah! Ew, it's... Yeah, it's mucusy. But it is. doesn't it sound like his last name, Matt? It does. It yeah. totally does. Sounds yeah. like a like yeah. a, a raw pork chop landing on a linoleum floor. <laughs> That's my favorite description of his last name. Pummeling a a married man in the groin. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they've got contemporaneous uh, text messages proving the whole thing. Matt Schlapp and, and Mercedes Schlapp have kind of disappeared from social media, disappeared from public view. They fucking launched their smear campaign, though. They were, like, after this guy. They've got one woman who's, like, their chief fundraiser who's revealing the guy's name on Twitter yeah. and saying that he was fired from the camp and that he made TikTok videos. And it's just like, lady, mm-hmm. do you, do, where did you disconnect from the the the, like, Actions, consequences. Where, when did your moral compass fail you? Yeah. Get, when did you get lost in the snow? When <laughs> your moral compass let you go? Because, like, I mean, uh, you're like defending a, a closeted, hypocritical, mm-hmm. vicious, nasty ass queen who has like a sexually assaulted a campaign staffer in Atlanta, away from DC. You know, so he thought he could get away with it, and it's and you are trying to assassinate the man for having the temerity to get sexually assaulted by Mesh Lab and say something about it. Yeah, like, exactly. And and also, by the way, where there's smoke, there's fire. There are probably others, and I'm surprised those others haven't started to emerge lately. But uh, if there's this one guy, look what's I'm, happened to the guy? His marriage is broken up, and his reputation but is that's happening. from that's, one into the right wing of sphere. That's happening to E. Jean Carroll. That's it happening is. to every Trump accuser, and they still do it. So if yeah. there are others, they need to come forward because this guy is an important player in that Trumpism hierarchy. And also, by the way, <sighs> he is symbolic of a broader issue with the Republican Party. He is symbolic of the fact that you have a list of hundreds of Republicans perpetrating sexual assault while at the same time demonizing trans people. There are 150, more than 150 anti-trans laws being proposed by Republicans across the country in at least 25 states, including bans on transition care into young adulthood, restrictions on drag shows using definitions that could broadly encompass performances by transgender people, measures that would prevent teachers in many cases from using names or pronouns matching students' gender identities, and requirements that schools out transgender students to their parents. God damn it. The flood of legislation is part of a long-term campaign by national groups that see transgender rights as an issue on which they can harness voter anger. And with the campaigns against remote learning. Yeah, this is all learning, about raising money. Yeah, it's just like critical yeah. race theory, as That's they the say here in the just, Times. 
infuriates me is they're terrorizing kids, yeah. real kids with real feelings and real souls, mm-hmm. and they're just stomping all over them so that they can make money on fundraisers and drive their fucking hideous, xenophobic, hateful base to the box to the ballot box. Yeah, yeah. And it's ugh. get this quote uh, just, here. Get, get, mm. get this quote. This is a political winner said Terry Schilling, the president of the Conservative American Principles Project, arguing that more voters would have been swayed had many Republicans not not Jesus. shied away from the subject. Wait a minute. Did, were Republicans shying away from their demonization of trans people? I don't remember no, them shying away so. from anything. No, not even a little bit. I mean, Matt Schlapp spent yeah, all last like year. Yeah, my neighbor's dog shies away from a rotten squirrel's corpse in the backyard. By the way, I, roll in it. I said Matt Schlapp. I meant Matt Walsh. Brief Thank correction you. there, yeah. Oh. Yeah. But they're all tied together, right? Same guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, we've got more Matt Schlapp awfulness in the... No, God, I did it again. Matt Walsh. We've got more Matt... <laughs> God damn it. We've got more Matt Walsh awfulness on the Shatter Docket today on our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. All right, so you want to talk about uh, Ron DeSantis banning AP African American Studies in Florida? The fuck. Yeah, I mean there are all kinds of it other just makes, ethnic this studies. This makes me crazy. Yeah. But the thing he was using as the rationale, he was like, well, if you look, there's even a section on queer studies. And what does that have to do with anything? And just like, you got to wonder who's pushing an agenda. And it's like, you stupid, ugly, hideous little dwarf, pygmy shithead. You, just because you didn't make it, you know, you you got your teaching certificate and your four-year degree, does that mean you have no concept of, like, what philosophy is, how this works, how this fits together, and you're meddling in real people's educations yeah. where they're trying to learn things that you are ignorant of. Oh, God. And that just, yeah. it just the sight of someone that pig ignorant, like doing his goddamnedest to keep anybody else from getting any smarter just makes me want to like eat tacks and spit bullets. You know? <laughs> yeah. This is the same kind of shit we've been talking about for a while now. Ron DeSantis knows that he doesn't get reelected or he doesn't get the Republican nomination in 24 without the cranky racist grievance vote. He needs those people. The Republican Party needs those people. That's why this is happening. You know, I don't know what Ron DeSantis thinks about black people, but his actions scream racist asshole. This is electoral politics is what he's engaged in now. Every single racist vote he can get is another vote closer to either getting reelected governor in Florida or uh, getting the nomination for president uh, and maybe even winning uh, in 24, heaven forbid. Um, by the way, GDP growth in quarter four has exceeded expectations. This is huge news. Yeah. And I love this CNBC headline. Have you seen the CNBC headline? Where is it? Let me bring it up here. Mm-mm. Uh, oh, the one that's not at all, uh, well, it's accurate, but not good. It's Yeah, they've got to throw a turd in the punch bowl. Here it is. Yeah. U.S. GDP rose 2.9% in the fourth quarter, more than expected, even as recession fears loom. <sighs> so that last part, there's your recession turd in the recession punch bowl. <laughs> By the way, the I joke, AP I, does that too. The yeah. AP, because I listen to WCPT when I listen to Stephanie's show, and the AP is the same. Yeah. They just throw 
crap on a good headline. Right, right. So <laughs> CNBC is screaming about recession fears, even though they say that every quarter, every time there's new unemployment numbers, every yeah. time there's I mean, new I was GDP numbers. If we'd look. Yeah. If we looked at the numbers from a year ago and the headlines they wrote then, were they warning us of the imminent? Were they just saying it was about to get horrible in the yeah. summer last year? Yes. Like, yes. I mean, we had a couple, we yeah. had at least one quarter, I think, of negative growth. So at least at that point in time, you wonder, okay, is this going to be a recession? But now we've got robust growth. And it's just like, oh, well, still, we're worried about recessions. But, you know, the great irony is, is that <laughs> CNBC, which is part of the NBC News liberal media. Oh, by the way, there yeah. were two quarters of slightly negative growth. The second quarter was minus 0.6%. Um so the other headline comes to us from Fox News Channel, where Brian Kilmeade said this. To me, this would be the perfect time to say, listen, our numbers aren't perfect, but we have better numbers than any other country in the world. And compare yourself to China, compared to Russia, compared to any European nation. You know, Japan's got this low inflation and people have certain areas. Uh, I don't know what that means. Our numbers look good. And this way, you could actually pretend, at least for a few months, that you're a unifying president. So, well, he turns it into a criticism of, of Joe Biden, but he's actually <laughs> praising the economy. He's praising Joe Biden's economy, whereas yeah. CNBC is like, uh, I don't know, recessions. And, and that's, that's fascinating to me. The Fox News is praising Joe Biden, while CNBC is like recession-mongering. We just can't have nice things, can we? Um, meantime, I just, I really think that like, like there needs to be a massive, like restaffing of our political media yeah. with like black and queer and female and, you know, just like, because it's just the white guys are like, oh, well, we can't just say nice stuff about the Democrats all the time, mm -hmm. you know, and they've got to have some balance. It is just like the people whose lives are actually, because like white guys pretty much, I mean, y'all white, straight white guys, no matter who's in power, your interests will be looked after. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, <laughs> so it's like I, there's not as much skin in the game for like 90% of the DC press corps because they're just like all these, like, you know, nebbishy Dana Milbank dudes. Yeah. And they're just like, well, it's not very interesting if we just say the same thing, you know, like, it's like, you guys, it's not a horse race. Yeah. There are consequences in people's lives. You need to call racism racism and fascism fascism and lies lies. But they're just like, oh, we can't, we got to keep it balanced. Well, the weird thing is, you know what, David, they do have skin in the game. I guess they just don't realize it because the skin in the game is no, the fact that if democracy dies, uh, we were talking about the ACLU before. Reporters get rounded up. Yeah, yeah. reporters, like, the enemies of the people. Exactly. What has Donald Trump called them for the last six years? Enemies of the people. And so who are the first arrests going to be? The enemies of the fucking people. And so, yeah, you know what? You'd think they'd be more attentive to that. <laughs> But I guess I guess not. And by the way, I'm not saying every single journalist. We have lots of journalists who listen to this show. I think we yeah. all know who the usual suspects are. So being uh, uh, more specific, I think. Um, so well, and the guys that own the networks, the people who are in command at the very, 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 very top. Yeah are still a very small group of very old white rich men. Well, speaking of old rich white men, and the rich part is questionable, uh, back to Donald Trump real quick. The Daily Beast has a piece on how <laughs> Trump could lose everything thanks to Letitia James. There's a, a law in New York State 
where, as written, it empowers the state's top prosecutor to stop any business from engaging in repeated fraudulent or illegal acts, seeking potentially lucrative damages, and canceling, this is the important part, canceling its official business certificate. So James's lawsuit, which was filed in September, seeks $250 million plus and wants to revoke the Trump Organization's business credentials, as well as bar it from borrowing from banks in what pe- what became... What, what becomes, what, what, God damn, this fucking sentence sucks, as well as bar it from borrowing from banks in what's become the finance capital of the world. Wait, okay. what? <sighs> Do you want to so send me the copy? I'm very good at reading copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I just got it. It's it, just saying, yeah, it's saying it keeps him from borrowing from any of the banks in the busiest financial center of the world, which is New York. Yeah, exactly right. right. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> it was the alliteration that was throwing me off. So, that, I mean, that's something, irrespective of what happens in Fulton County, which I still think is eventually going to be a, a Trump indictment. It could be happening right now, and we don't even know it. But I think New York State killing the Trump organization once and for all would be fucking amazing. So I'm, I'm cool with all of that. Uh, oh, and one last thing here before we wrap up. Adam Schiff is now running for Senate. Yes, he is. The Democratic nomination for Ooh. Senate in 2024. Against means- Katie Porter now, so it's it's for me it's a wash on who to vote for, except for his seat is safe and hers is not. Yeah, uh, who you know this is a loaded question, Jody, but who would you vote for in that head-to-head in- primary? Oh, if it was just the two of them, yeah, uh, Representative Schiff. Oh, really? Because I would lean for- toward. I mean, I love Adam yeah, Schiff, Katie but Porter. I love Katie Porter, mind you. If she was the only one putting her hat in the race, yeah. Ro Khanna might run as well. He's talked about it. Um, oh, wow. So it's like amazing people. It's hard to pick. But yeah. Katie Porter's seat is not safe. Yeah. So if she became the senator from California, her seat might be lost in the House, and that's a big deal. Whereas Adam Schiff's seat is basically safe. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say it like that? That was so I funny. Don't know. I, I mean, it was adorable. Silly. You became an inch tall suddenly. I know. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm an inch tall. You're teeny I'm, tiny, Jody. I'm very baby, <laughs> Jody. Um, no, his seat is super safe in that area. So I, I think that that first off, everybody's uh, when she. Th- when Katie Porter threw her hat in the race, everybody's like, "Why is she doing that?" Uh, Diane hasn't. Announce her retirement. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Trust me. She will. As soon uh, as she remembers to, Diane will announce her retirement. She will, A. And two, she's been <laughs> spoken with about this. There's no way Democrats would come out this early mm-hmm. against her mm. in 24 if she wasn't going to eventually retire. Now, right. there are lots of reasons for her to wait money-wise, you know, pack money. Um, cause you get to keep that when you retire. Um, not that she's not wealthy anyway, regardless, I think that, that Nancy Pelosi, Hakeem Jeffries, Chuck Schumer, and Dianne Feinstein are all in on this. Okay. Yeah. And I think Feinstein said that, uh, she's going to make a formal announcement in 24. Right. So but it doesn't matter. Sh- yeah. She's not running. She shouldn't run. She's been a great Senator to this state for a very long time. Yeah. And it's for time at for least her to 150 years. Well, almost. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, God bless her. She survived the Harvey Milk 
assassination. I mean, yeah. she's been through some shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's been a very, very good senator for our state. But it's time for her to step down. Like Pelosi said, I'm not going to run for this, you know, majority, m- minority leadership. Yeah, yeah. And she kept good on her word, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we have these amazing women that have been around for a long time helping this state and the country. And I think Diane has spoken to these, because there's no way Katie Porter would have come out without Diane Feinstein going, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> well, <laughs> no I, fucking way. I love Adam Schiff. I think he's I a, a great member of Congress. He did a wonderful job uh, on the Intelligence Committee and then on the House Select Committee on January 6th. But I have to lean Katie Porter. If I were still a California resident, I'd be tempted to... I'm thinking strategic. A, yeah, because uh, of her seat. Because mm-hmm. if she if she goes to the Senate, then there's a special election, and yep. that's Orange County, and that's a she's she barely won this year. Interesting. So mm-hmm. yeah, so she leaves, then suddenly that seat goes to a Republican. Well, it could go to a Republican. Yeah, it would be yeah. tough to figure out who do we put in her place that mm-hmm. we have never heard of. Yeah, you know, Daryl Issa could move up to Orange. Well, could you know run again? I mean, it's that. Oh, yeah. I hadn't considered that. Damn it. Damn it. God damn it. God damn it. Okay, now I'm now I'm stumped. Because I, I really like Katie Porter. I, just, I love Katie Porter. Porter. Yeah. I think she's amazing, and she would be a great senator if we had a safe seat. All right. Well, we I think sh- that's why Mr. Schiff is running, and I've met him three times, and he's lovely. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and, and very funny. Go watch his uh, his launch video. It's really good. Same with Ruben Gallego's launch video. Oh my God, his is amazing. Yeah, I think that's where the real action is as far as uh, 24 goes. <laughs> that yeah. particular race is, yeah, that's yeah, that's 24. Suddenly I was like, yeah. it's 24? Yeah, it's 20. It's 20. Okay, uh, still lots of things to get to on the show this week. And so what we're going to do is what we do every show. We're just going to shove all this stuff over into the shadow docket. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Uh, let's see here. What do we have to talk about over there? Okay, we may get into this uh, Charles McGonigal thing a little bit, but I also want to talk about Matt Walsh and the latest mm. awful thing that he's doing that is surely going to lead to dead people. <laughs> It's like he's now. Did you see that photo of Charlie Kirk and Kellyanne Conway? Oh my God! Oh my my God, God, that picture! Oh my God, it looks, it looks photoshopped. It looks like, you know what? They could not. They need to do like a horror movie. Like Jordan Peele needs to do his next horror movie with (laughs) Charlie Kirk and Kellyanne Conway as the villains, as the monsters. Where they just appear hovering over your bed with those grins on their faces. <gasps> oh, where, so much with, gum. With Charlie Kirk's little baby teeth. That's <laughs> a... Oh. Did you hear me mm. talk about the other... God, I forget if this was a Tuesday show or Thursday show. But I have it on good authority that Candace Owens is 100% a creation of Charlie Kirk. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Charlie Kirk is the one who kind of hired her to be this persona when she has admitted on other podcasts that she used to be liberal and then suddenly woke up one day and, whoops, I'm a conservative. 
Yeah, apparently, yeah. like, hi, there's a certain... Yeah, as soon as the check cleared. Yeah, it was Char- a certain Charlie person Kirk. we used to be friends with who yeah. was all of a sudden, like, super Glenn Green Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it was Charlie Kirk hovering over her bed with those giant gums. Convince her to switch. Take care, folks. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>